0: And uh, anyways, I do think there's going to be uh, a bit of here in our church, in our local um, context, be a bit of um, reshaping our posture. How many of you know your posture matters, right? And 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 it, it does require attention. Um, it does make your posture get you in alignment. And sometimes poor posture is what causes us to react slowly. Uh, Sometimes it is what causes us to walk in pain. And sometimes it is the posture of our lives even more than the circumstances of our lives that cause us to walk slowly or walk uh, uh, differently than God had intended. Are you with me? I should have already gotten like 12 amens and 17 preach it preachers and like at least one person standing up. See, I'm already working on your posture. It's already happening. Um, Because I want us to be a church that, that at, at the very least on Sundays, but please don't let it be just on Sundays. I am so over Sunday church Christianity as though 90 minutes is the only time God can move. Um, it just, oh, just frustrates the heck out of me. But let us be people who turn off our phones, and I'm just joking, it's okay, I d- it's okay. Uh, but who have a posture of praise and a posture of thanksgiving, even in the midst, of difficulty and challenge. Jesus did not pull the wool over our eyes. He did not pull a bait and switch on us. He did not promise over an abundant life and then go, oh, got you with some difficulty. He actually said, both of them, he said, you're going to have overflowing life and you're going to have troubles. There will be challenges, but take courage because I have what? overcome the world it just hasn't all happened yet for us you know we're like we're we're walking this thing out with him we're in partnership with him that's why he talks about things like wherever you set your foot because that again let's just go through some posture wherever you set your foot we have a core value in our church that we are front-footed people that we are people where life might try to get us on our back foot, but we're going to make sure that we reorient ourselves. That's why we do, that's why we give, it's why we worship, it's why we sit and open the Bible. It's why we get around dinner parties. It's because we want to make sure we're orienting our life around this front footed posture of who God is. It's, it's so easy to just kind of do one of these things and just kinda, you and why is it that like when you're complaining, you're always like leaning back, like just looking? You know, it's like we, we want to be front footed because front footed means I'm in. And, and, and I want us to be that kind of a church, and I think we are in so many respects, but I want us to keep leaning in to what God wants to do in our lives, which means there will be times where we get a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, Thursday night at conference, uh, we had this little shindig, and then uh, afterwards, I was like, man, I hadn't ridden. There all these scooters, you know, because California really cares about the environment. So they had all these, like, scooters, and I think they still they have them in Dallas. Um, we'll get there. and We have bikes, because that makes more sense. But they they had these scooters and you can ride but you can't ride them on the sidewalk which is like this is scary to me but so you, so like it was late at night and I texted the guys and I said we got to go for a scooter ride. And so it's kind of funny cuz Kyle, Bruce, John and um, Kevin all Ubered over to where I was just so we could scooter back to where they came from. And uh, I, I thought it was a blast. So we go scootering, and I think that's what you call it, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, and it was lit. And, uh, and so we're, like, we're riding down the street, and we're a block from where we were, like, we're finishing it up. We're a block from where I'm staying, and I decided to, like, go up next to, you remember Pastor Aaron Snow? He's from North Atlanta. Um, he's actually got Pastor Colin Bloy with him this week. Bloy's with him this week. He was here last week. How many of you loved that was unbelievable and uh, feel like we really did uh, we added family last week but I'm driving up to the next to Pastor Aaron on the way and everybody knows me knows this is of course this is me I couldn't just scooter I had to do something and so I try to give him a nice you know because men do this uh, slap on the rear end and I should have tapped instead I slapped and it threw me off balance and I totally ate it um, and and uh, still have some scars and and I'm a block from where I'm going I, that was one but here's the thing and here's why I it up because sometimes we will do things that are a little bit out of character or do things that maybe we shouldn't and we get a little bit off balance. You ever felt a little bit like I'm a little off, I'm not quite what I'm meant to be or do, I'm not, the attitude's wrong and, and you end up on the ground rolling around in the middle of San Diego and like just glad it was like 11:30 30 at night because nobody really saw it um, And 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 sometimes and so we want to make sure that we're church whenever we can one-to-one, one-to-many, where we can reorient and reset our posture. And never feeling bad for the fact that our posture got out of whack, but feeling, that's condemnation, but feeling the conviction of heaven, the conviction of the Holy Spirit to bring us back into alignment so that we can get back up on the scooter and roll. Amen? Those things go fast. Man. It's like 15 miles an hour. get 70 miles a gallon to this hog. Hey, so Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Yes, this is the same uh, uh, set of scriptures that we use to do our Teach Us to Pray series, and the reason for that is because at the very end of Luke chapter 11, the very end of Luke's um, recounting or uh, writing of this uh, story, he says something pretty critical. I'm not going to read it all. I'll probably start in verse 9 but just to give you a little bit of an update the very first part of Luke 11 the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray it's the only time they ever asked him to teach them to do something uh, it's because they saw his private life uh, affecting his public ministry and um, most of us worry about our public ministry more than our private life and um, and so I want to encourage you uh, to, to make sure that private place is is cranking and is full of life and joy because you will overflow whatever you've got in your cup amen And overflowing never just affects the cup. It always affects whatever is outside the cup. Yeah? So overflow. So... So they ask him to pray. They, he teaches them some simple things, daily bread, uh, to the Father, all these kind of, you know, we've all heard the Lord's prayer. Then he says, talks about the friend that won't get out of bed to give him bread, but if you keep knocking, he will. And he's not saying that he's the one that, you, you know, you have to keep knocking for. He's kind of doing a comparison thing, and we'll see that in just a moment. But this idea of persistence in prayer, this idea that to continue to pray, this idea of, like, continuing to lean in. So verse 9, let's go from there. Hey, boys. My boys are in the room. That's okay. It's all good. Sorry, I didn't mean to distract y'all. I saw my boys, and I just want to say hello. They didn't say hi back. It's okay. Verse 9. So I say to you, keep asking, and it will be given to you. Keep searching, and you will find. Keep knocking, and the door will be open to you. Don't you wish it just said, ask, seek, knock? Some translations it did, but people were starting to take that too literally, and so they didn't realize it was keep, keep, keep. You know, I'm, I'm one of those that needs like at least four knocks at the door for me to hear it. You know, most doorbells don't just go ding. They go ding, 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 din. You know, there's something extra. Now you get notifications on your phone when someone's at your door. Um, I don't know if you, how many of you ever go to a door that you have to knock on and just go one time? We don't do that. And it's so funny sometimes. Spiritually, we don't apply the same natural laws to the supernatural because we think that they're disconnected somehow. We think that sacred and secular are different things. And they're not. They're just, they're, they are different, but they are not meant to be separate. You are meant to bring the sacred things into the secular world. You are meant to bring, what is it, heaven to earth. And so there are things, sometimes people go, yeah, well, this just happens naturally. I go, well, yeah, and, it's, and it echoes something that is supernatural. So the things I do, even in this world, when I knock 17 times at someone's door to get their attention, guess what? I get to do that in prayer as well. And it keeps me close to the Father. It keeps me close to who God is. And so he says, who asks, receives? The one who searches, finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give you a, give him a snake instead or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, if you know how to do it, if you know how to give good gifts, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? A couple big things in here, and again, we've already touched on a lot of this in this series, so I don't want to re- recount everything, but, but how much more? So he's doing a comparison He's saying, hey, if you as a father know how to give, gifts, give good gifts, how much more would I who created fathers, if the one who created those who give good gifts, the one who, how much more would I be able and willing to give good gifts? Now, what I think is interesting, and, and some would say that the two differences in Matthew 6 and Luke 11, the two places you find the Lord's Prayer, the, the, two, the, the reasons are, these are a little bit different. In Matthew 6, it just says, uh, how much more would I give good gifts? And then in Luke 11, it says, how much more would I give the Holy Spirit and there it's an interesting difference some would say that the context is different Matthew 6 it is a it's kind of a bigger crowd there's more people there and he's he's making a different statement at the moment and in Luke 11 he's with his disciples they've asked him to teach them to pray and he's making a more specific uh uh, declaration or more specific um, principle being taught here where he says how much more would I give you the Holy Spirit and I think it's interesting because before that moment, before that moment where it says, how much more do I give you the Holy Spirit? Before that moment, I'm thinking of everything in a bit more of a pluralistic way in, 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 in the sense that I'm thinking of all the gifts that I might ask for, all the things that I might need, all the, the, the more than just one thing. Are you with me? When I'm reading that, I'm thinking all the, all the many things over the course of my life that I might actually bring before God and say, hey God, could you? And I don't think, I, I think he's still speaking to that. I think that's still present in the scripture here. But what I also think is happening is he's starting to get us to a place, because I'm telling you, Jesus majored on, well, a few things. One of the primary things he wanted for us was the Holy Spirit. One of the, you know, we have a vision here in our church of seeing Jesus on every street and every heart. That's why you see the streets and hearts, shirt. We want to see Jesus on every street and every heart, in the places we go and the people we meet. We want to make sure that people are seeing Jesus, and whether or not they ever set foot in this church, although we want them to, we want them to experience our church through the people of this church, amen? And so we want people to see Jesus, and what we mean by that is found in Mark chapter 2, when the man with the, was carried in on a mat, walked out of the house with the mat, And people said, we've never seen anything like this before. And they actually weren't in the house. They didn't get to see Jesus. Jesus was in the house. Read the very beginning of that that chapter. Jesus is in the house. They're not seeing Jesus. They're seeing the result of Jesus. And what happens is we too often, we just go, oh, just look at Jesus. No, no, no. We will be the first ones they see. And we want people to see Jesus in us. We want people to see Jesus in who we are. And the way Jesus says that happens is through the Holy Spirit. Jesus says he'll remind you of the things I've spoken. He'll bring to remembrance the things I taught you. He he will lead you. He'll give you discernment. Paul would say things like he'll give you the fruit of the Spirit, produce the fruit of the Spirit, which is a little longer process than just giving it to you. Love and joy and peace and patience. and kind, That's the maturation of who we are in Christ. Then he will give you gifts. There will be times where you're able to give a word. Or you have prayer language and different things. And we're going to talk about all these things over the next few weeks. But, but here is Jesus going, hey, hey, I know you want all the things. And I know you want all the stuff. And I know there are things you are praying about. And I get all that. But what kind of father would I be if I didn't give you the greatest gift I could give you, and he takes this kind of plural thing where we're thinking about multiple things, and he goes, and says, I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. Almost as though the decision you've already made that you need this, he's going, well, hey, I know you thought you were moving to Haiti, but maybe I'll just give you the Dominican Republic and bring Haiti to the Dominican Republic, a two-for-one special, and here you go, right? That maybe, just maybe, he wants you to be so connected to the Holy Spirit that when you begin to pray for something you think you need, the Holy Spirit goes, No, 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 that no, look, it's good. I mean, I was part of making it, I was there at creation. I'm like, it's good. This is what's for you. Hey, this is, and we, we heard this from Pastor Colin last week, which I thought was brilliant. So many times we think of the Christian walk as a tightrope. That if you if you just if you miss one step, there's pain. There, there, there's heartache if you miss one step you're gonna you're gonna screw it all up and and, and I love this line he said he said he said so we built these churches we've built these churches that that are are people full of people incapable of making a decision yeah. it's okay it's my boy we're all good and they're incapable of making a decision why because they feel like if they choose something it, I've had people come to me and go hey i've got I've got two good options, or I've got three good options. I've got all these doors opening, and I'm not sure which one God wants me to do. And, I, and I'm going, wait, okay, so you, I'm, I'm just to be clear, God gave you three choices, and you're worried about if you're going to mess it all up. How many of us do that though? Every day, well, I got these two options, and they're great, and they look so good, and I'm so stressed and anxious, and I'm worried, and going, like, hold on, he gave you two great options, pick one. Is, and, and trust him enough that if you pick one, and it's not the right one, he'll go, what are you doing? But, hear me, where does that start? How much more, if you ask me, will I give you the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in the step and in the place and in the door that you should go through? How much more? Because I, I, man, and again, I I heard 12 messages this week that I could have preached all of them, and I'm probably preaching some of them on accident. But um, but, but I, I think so many times the things that we're wanting and the stuff that we're asking for is actually getting in the way of the one thing that he wants to give us the most. Now listen. Theologically, we would say that when we give our lives to Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit. So this is not, we speak about it in these terms more because it helps us understand it. But the reality of it is that that we aren't always in alignment with the Holy Spirit. Mostly, not because he's not there, but because we haven't, we actually haven't given him room or rule to reign in our lives. If we want to look like Jesus, we have to be shaped by the Holy Spirit. And as we elevate Jesus through priorities in our life, uh, through, th- through the way we spend our time, if we elevate Jesus, then the Holy Spirit gets to work. Man, he, the moment he sees you, Jesus, I love you, he goes, oh, yeah, okay, let's, let's, I can work with that. And too many times we've got things that we're asking for, none of them bad, none of them wrong. We, we are not trying to tell you you cannot ask God for things, What we're trying to say is, do not prioritize the things that can happen over the person that can that can do it with you. Do not prioritize the things and the stuff and over the person, because some of us aren't living with conviction, not because of of the stuff we have, because we don't. The Holy Spirit's not there to convict us, because we're not going. Oh, what's that? Hey, what do what do you have to say to me? What what do you want me to do today? Wait, oh, you, you want me to walk across the hall? Oh, you want me to talk to my Uber driver? You. you, you oh, wait, you, you want me to call a friend? Oh, you. I'm going to send a text message to a buddy of mine right now because I'm in prayer. And you dropped their name on my head. And all I'm going to say is I'm, I'm praying for you and, and you came to mind. And I, I just want you to know God loves you. I, I mean, man, if, if people just open their eyes and go, Holy Spirit, where are we going? I, I think we, we are pursuing comfort and that's not really where the Holy Spirit works I think there is a difference between um, being comfortable and being comforted and we have somehow moved the Holy Spirit's job into the realm of making us comfortable when his promise was I will bring you comfort the problem with comfortable is everything has to be right. And so when we're praying for this and we're asking for that, and if that thing doesn't happen, then what happens? We just go, Oof. God doesn't love me. Or I must have screwed everything up. Or I fell off the tightrope. But what if I'm just going, hey, Holy Spirit, you're with me wherever I go. Lead me in the difficult. Leave me in the good. Lead me in the fun. Lead me in the discouraging. Lead me. Let me keep my head up when it gets heavy. Let me bow my head when my friends are hurting. Let me let me walk with you. The other part of what Pastor Colin said last week was it what was it, it's not a tightrope to, to walk on, but it's a it's a field to explore. In other words, like you know, we were, uh, again, we, we were at the beach this last week, and then we were, uh, we were in Colorado the week before with my extended families, and uh, um, it, it was a blast. But you, you would just kind of, every step you would take, there would be something new to find. There would be the, the next thing. And, 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 and my sons didn't do that on their own. There was often times where, where I was going, oh, hey, what do you see that? Hey, look at that. Because they don't yet know what to look for. They, and sometimes they don't realize it's special. Sometimes they don't realize that this is actually really unique and rare. Wednesday afternoon, I'll t- for example, uh, we got there a little bit late. We, you know, we had a few boys and we're trying to get to the beach, and, and uh, the other crew had gone to grab lunch, and, and so we're sitting there watching, and all of a sudden, dolphins start. I mean, just a, a, like just on the other side of the waves, not far, just swimming. First, we thought it was sharks, and then I remembered they don't do that, and, uh, and they do this, you know, like, they, but they. They do this, and there's there's four or five of them for a while, and what I'm what am I trying to do? I'm trying to point at casey and go, it's a dolphin, that's amazing. Look at it's a dolphin. And he's going yeah, cool. and then he goes back to building a castle you know, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is amazing. And sometimes the Holy Spirit is going, hey, no, no, you don't, you don't get it, what you're looking at. It may not, you may not understand it yet. You may not fully get it yet. And you may be asking for a sandcastle. You might be asking for other things. But I'm trying to show you what is already there. It's, this is amazing. And if we, if Jesus were to just give us everything we asked for, then we might actually miss everything we were created for. That was good, whatever I just said. That, was, that felt really good coming out. Come on, posture, people. Come on, let's be in a posture where we say, God, whatever you got. They may not look right. It might challenge me for a moment. We learned this in our school leadership. You, what God has put in your hearts to do is far greater than the resource you currently have. Quit getting mad at him for the big dreams he's put in your heart because you haven't quite gotten there with your stuff. Trust him in the midst of all of it and go, God, whatever you want to do, I don't want to be comfortable. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not comfortable in the fire. Daniel wasn't comfortable in the lion's den. Noah was not comfortable building an ark. Moses was not comfortable talking to Pharaoh. And Jesus was not comfortable hanging on a cross. But when you're led by the Holy Spirit, when you're walking with him, you can trust that he's always with you. This is a different thing for C3 Fort Worth. We will not be comfortable. We will not get mad when the service runs long. We will not get mad when to go to extra dinner parties. We will, why? Because we want Jesus on every street and in every heart. And the little crap that always gets in the way doesn't get to be in the way anymore. Because our posture is changing. And you know what happens when your posture changes? The little things don't bother you the same way. Oh, that, oh, no. Oh, man, no, mm mm-mm. I'm standing, I'm good. And while we will still have troubles, and we will still have challenges, and we will still have difficulty, and we will still have things that get in the way, we are always and forever called by God to be men and women of faith, to be people who do not pursue uh, comfortability, but pursue the calling of God on our lives, knowing that we will be comforted. We will always be people who step out of faith, getting our toes over the edge and going, I hope this works. How much more will I give you the Holy Spirit to take you into places you never expected. How much more will I give you the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in situations you never thought you'd be in? How much more will I give you the Holy Spirit on a Tuesday afternoon, so when you walk by that cubicle and that person's sitting in there on the inside, crying and crying and crying because life is broken, and you just have this thing that pops up in your spirit out of nowhere, and you're going whoa, and then you you don't keep walking. You turn around, you go back. Hey, are you good? Are you okay? I, just, I need you to know I'm here for you. And God's using us over and over and over in the places we go and with the people we meet to make sure that they see Jesus, to make sure they know that God loves them so deeply, that he loves you so deeply. And he does not want the earth to go another moment without experiencing heaven. He does not want Fort Worth to go another moment thinking that the more stuff and the more things and the wilder and the crazier and the more different we can get that somehow we'll achieve some utopians. No, the more coffee we get, the, the more frustrated we're getting. We're paying $5 for a cup of coffee and it still hasn't made life right. I mean, the places look amazing and it's a blast. And yet, and yet, we still need Jesus. We have a phone that can like change things on the other side of the world and we can order things and they'll be here today if we wanted to and still we need Jesus. Because you can pray about all the things if you pray. But what God wants most is to remind you and put his seal upon you and stamp you with the Holy Spirit and say, you are mine, you are meant for something and you're being shaped into something and it won't all happen at one time, so stop getting frustrated by that. Let it be incremental. Let it be step by step. Let it be day by day. Let me work in you and, ev- and then all of the sudden I'm going to do something in you. All of the sudden I'm gonna use you on the earth. So we're gonna be a church that prays. We're going to be a church that sings in between lyrics. Because I don't know if you know this, but Tuesday doesn't always have lyrics. Sometimes I don't know if I'm in the verse or the chorus or the bridge. Some, sometimes I don't know what the next word is. And I, and I mean this. Again, I already touched on I, I mean when we're singing here, we don't wait for the next lyric. Because that means that on Monday I'm going to wait for the next lyric. No, no, wherever the gap is, I'm still singing. Wherever the moment is, I'm still saying Jesus. Wherever the opportunity is, it's his. It's for his glory. And I will come back to him 100 times out of 100 and say, thank you. Thank you. And he will send me out again 100 times out of 100 and say, okay, let's go. He's healing you. He has healed you.